Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now it's time for the TOT cast with your hosts, Chris O'Kranitz and Ryan Greco. And welcome back to this week's TOT cast. I'm your host, Ryan Greco. And of course, joining me is Chris O'Kranitz and Natea J. If you ever want to get at the show, you be sure to reach out to us at Tip of the Tower on Twitter. If you have a question for me, reach out to me at Ryan Greco 416. You can reach out to Chris at Chris O'Kranitz. And always be sure to hit up Natay at T-E-Y 11 underscore. That is Tay 11 underscore. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Doing pretty well. Can't complain. Ryan, I'm doing great. You know, we just had our little flag football game. Not That's flag, right. That was tackle football <laughs> yesterday on the in the rain, and you know, I'm feeling good. How are you guys feeling? A little sore, but not <laughs> too bad. I ain't gonna lie. It was an epic game. It was an epic game, and I'm happy my team, along with my buddy Chris, we came out on top just <laughs> like our high school days. I took. We didn't win in high school. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, wait, what? You guys won? <laughs> <laughs> I had a mo- I you know what all that matters for me personally I had, a, had mo- a good game. I had a monster fantasy day. You did have a good game. I put you up about 40 points, game. 5 touchdowns. I had you about did. in total I had about 9 receptions good for about I don't know 90 yards, 100 yards. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean it was a good day for you but I was just out there the showing the tell how it's done. Stat, the main stat that you you forgot to to add to that was the W and Easy Case Keenan. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All I know is that my team gave me the opportunity to win the game. I wasn't fortunately wasn't able to come through. Right. I dropped the game with the game tying pass for us. It would have been. But uh it's okay. I was it out was there fun. showing I was showing the tell how it's done, you know. <laughs> you showed me a few things and it was definitely fun to be out there. It was like it was like when you're a kid and you're just out there having fun. It definitely missed those days. Yep. But guys, what was uh, what's the what's the big thing today? We are uh, excited here in the six, uh, especially this week because uh, we were. By the time the cast comes out right now, we're going to have the college football rankings out, and there's no doubt that a certain team is going to be involved. That's making a lot of headway and a lot of controversy down in the states, and that of course is the Iowa Hawkeyes, and. Uh, this week on the TOT cast, we actually had the pleasure of speaking to one of the members of the Iowa Hawkeyes, 
starting wide receiver, mind you. He led the team in receiving yards last year. Isn't that right, boys? Yeah. I'll let the football heads take over from here. Yeah, we're, we we have a, the opportunity to speak to Tavon Smith. And Tavon is a, is a friend of mine. I've known him for you know quite a few years now. And just to see him blossom from a, you know, a high school guy, just a talented high school kid, to going to prep school and now at University of Iowa is, is, is pretty awesome. I mean, this guy's putting a ton of work to get to where he's at and you know to keep his uh his his playing level up, so it's it's very exciting to have him on, and they're ranked number three right now, so they've got a good chance with one game to go to play for the national championship, getting that playoff, and it's going to be exciting to watch. He's one of our very own homegrown talents, so you know we're definitely rooting for him. And here it is, our interview with wide receiver of the Iowa Hawkeyes, Tavon Smith. Now joining us in the TOT cast, Tavon Smith, wide receiver from Iowa. And also a Toronto native from Chaminade High School. How you doing today, Tavon? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm here with uh, Nate and Ryan, so they're also going to check in with you as well throughout this interview. So, Nate, say what's up. What's up, Tavon? Man, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing great. Man, we're so we're so excited to be on with you. Your team is undefeated. How do you feel right now, man? Pretty good. I mean, I remember uh, freshman year we were four and eight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, every year we've been getting a little better. But, I mean, to, to finish the season almost uh, undefeated, um, I mean, it's great. Uh, we got one game left. Uh, hopefully come 12-0 and go to the Big Ten Championship and see who we play from there. But to finish my senior year, uh, such a great season. It's, it's been good. It's special, man, especially being your senior year and all. So I want to know, since you know, you've been there since uh... – what 2012, right? Yep. What's the What's the feeling like on campus when you're walking to class now, or you're walking to study hall, or you know you just you know walking around, going to the library? What What's the What's the feeling around campus like? Is everybody hype? Is uh, everybody bothering? Do they want autographs? What's going on? Are they trying to take selfies um, or what? Well, I mean, when after the game is pretty crazy. Guys are waiting out for you guys for autographs, mm-hmm. pictures, and and whatnot. Uh, in class, people they're kind of like used. They're kind of used to seeing you, yeah. but I mean, there's 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 more um, pat on the back now okay. uh, in class and on campus and whatnot. So it's been pretty it's been pretty good for the most part. I noticed that uh, during this ten and zero season, you guys haven't had as many sellouts as you had in previous years. Um, Kinnick Stadium, no, no. Still, yeah. What's up with that? Are you guys is that motivated you guys at all, or is it kind of any particular reason why they're not? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but actually, it's been getting better and better. But the preseason. Uh, they had they were struggling selling season tickets, so mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of fans that that kind of regret it not not getting season tickets now because I mean they couldn't get nobody could get tickets for that uh, that last night game we had against Minnesota. It was a <laughs> sold out crowd, and I mean over it was seventy plus uh, thousand, and I mean like it, it was a great game and probably the best atmosphere. Even the coaches that even our head coach Chris, Kirk Ferrin said it was. Uh, the most electric he's seen in that stadium, and he's been there for uh, for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. So, as uh, now the fans are coming out, have expectations changed at all for you guys? Um, really, it, all, all the coach preaches is, is 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 just go game by game. I mean, nothing nothing's really changing. It's just we got to go uh, each week and not really look at the big picture. Just kind of focus on on that week and nothing else. Tavon, I got a two part question for you. So. All right. Coming into the season, right, 
what type of season do you think your team had to have for you to consider it like a successful year? Uh, I say, I mean, we, we've already made history. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we have took a big step from, uh, from last year and the years before. But uh, the ultimate goal now is to, is to win our next game against Nebraska yeah. and then win the Big Ten Championship and hopefully get into that uh, college football playoff. Right. Okay. And now what kind of season personally – did you think you had to had for for you to consider a good year? Because I know, you know, people sometimes you don't want to think about stats or mm-hmm. like stuff like that. But you know, what kind of season personally did you have in mind, or what kind of goals did you have in mind coming to the year for yourself to have? Uh, really, the the ultimate goal was just contributing to to uh, the team. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. I mean, when it, when it comes to just catching the ball yeah you want those stats but mm-hmm. uh, but i mean those those important blocks to spring that that running back and for him to score is just right. important so i mean just just my ultimate goal is just really just helping out uh in every way possible whether it was blocking catching the ball and, and making those tough catches and whatnot and i mean it's been it's been it's been a little bit different my senior year since i've been getting a little bit more attention so it's giving our other receivers chances to make plays and um definitely helping out the offense Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? How uh, you know, last year you led the team in uh um in receiving, right? You you led the team in receiving yeah. yards and you're what, second or third in receptions. Talk about how that's affected mm-hmm. some of your uh your teammates or other receivers a little bit. Uh I mean all the other receivers excelled and uh our 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 star receiver has definitely been getting a lot of touches and a lot of yards. Uh because they're giving them one on one coverage, mm-hmm. um and, and, and they're they're trying to I guess they're trying to uh, bracket me a little more. So I mean, they they're taking their chances uh, with with um, our other receiver, and, and sometimes it's hurting them. So right. I mean, that that's just as that's just as important as me making plays because I'm open enough for other people and I'm giving other people chances. And whenever they want to do the same or to him, uh, I got I got to make those plays and and take advantage of my one on one opportunities. Absolutely, I love that answer, man. Hey Tavon, you got a reputation of uh, catching the ball with your hands. Everybody says you're, you got strong hands. Um, during this past mm-hmm. offseason, you broke Odell Beckham Jr.'s record for most consecutive one-handed catches in a minute. How? What made yeah, you yeah. all decide to do that? Honestly, I, I saw I saw the night before, and um, I mean it was the offseason. Really had nothing to do, and I, I, I honestly didn't think I was gonna beat it. I didn't say I was gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna wake up and beat it. I just wanted to try it, videotaped it, and um, <laughs> send it to the the video guys and it kind of it kind of blew up i didn't know how how, how much it's gonna blow up but it was just something to um have fun with during the off season and i i mean it, it was kind of cool at the same time and speaking of nothing to do tomorrow man tell me what's the best part best and worst part of living in iowa because i know you come you come from <laughs> toronto man you come from toronto man it's a big city right, right, right? right. and now you're in a small <laughs> farmville like what's it like what's the best and worst <laughs> part of living in iowa the city's got some people i say i say the best part about it yeah. is we're the only professional team in iowa so so they show love sense, we're, we're we're the professional team and and we're the we're some in some way somehow those celebrities of right. iowa right um, but the worst thing about it, obviously, is just living in a small city. When it's a holiday, kind of like this week, nobody's in town. Right. It's like a ghost town. Where, I mean, we're probably the only guys uh, out here because we're practicing one night and everybody's at home. So on holidays and when school's not going on, mm-hmm. the the city's pretty much empty. Gotcha. That's I'd say that's the worst part about it. That's interesting, man. That's 
Tavon, I noticed you got a cluster of maple leaves tattooed on your inner bicep there, along with the Toronto skyline. Yeah. What's the backstory behind that? I take pride in, in where I'm from, and uh, I mean, I've been out here for um, probably. I, I went to prep school for one year, and then I, and this is my fourth year out here, and and uh, I, I I like to rep. I like to rep the six, so. I mean, I, I take I take a lot of pride in that, and it's it, it's kind of cool to be the only one on the team. Or there's actually one other guy, but it's kind of cool to be the very few few uh, guys that are like kind of out of the country. So I mean, you kind of just gotta represent where you're from, you know? Yeah, man. And 100%. can you tell me a little bit of the transition you went from you know Chaminade to Kent in Connecticut? What was that transition like for you? I say it was a lot. It, it, it was a lot like how it is here in Iowa. I mean, I went from a big city, Toronto, mm-hmm. went to uh, Kent, smaller town than Iowa. So once I got here, I was pretty much used to it mm-hmm. because of that one year. It was basically that one year of hell in a small, small <laughs> town. So kind of, it kind of sucked. But it, now, I mean, it's paying it, off. It's really not even an issue. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely paying off, um, and I'm glad I made I made that decision. Uh, Tavon, it's Ryan here. How surprised do some of the people? Because I know, like uh, a lot of Canadian athletes, will tell will tell me about this uh, when they're going and traveling down to the states. Uh, how surprised are they when when you when you tell them the size of the city that you come from and how diverse and how large it is? And uh, what kind of reactions do you get? And is it hard to make them try and believe sometimes <laughs> how 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 big Toronto yeah. actually is as a city? Yeah, and I, and I think um, Drake definitely helped help help me out when uh, when I actually uh, talk about it because um, now now people are starting to know more about Toronto and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, I don't really have to explain myself as much as I used to. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, I mean they they learn more and more, especially with me being on the team. Um, they obviously ask weird questions. <laughs> I actually got asked. Yep. I actually got asked I yesterday those. Uh, or today. Um, about Thanksgiving and why it's why it's on a different day than this week and do they ask if you speak French? Like, <laughs> they don't even know yeah, about French. Yeah, yeah they, some of them actually did ask if I uh, speak French. Um, I mean, I, I don't, but <laughs> I, I tell them no. So you telling me that grade nine French class isn't paying off? No way. I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm sure not, some of the girls will love it. <laughs> this is your senior year. Tell me, what is your favorite memory you have from being a Hawkeye? Your absolute favorite memory? You got four years of. Um, I guess I guess there might be two. The first, my first touchdown uh, against Michigan, my sophomore year. Yeah. Um, we were we were we were down twenty-one-seven, I believe, and and uh, we needed momentum, and I caught a, a one-handed catch across the middle and cut back, scored a touchdown, gave the team a little bit of momentum, and uh, we actually won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, by the great defense that we had uh, during that last drive. And then the next uh, memories was actually this past Saturday when um, the Big Ten West cha- uh, Championship. So we locked that one in, and um, we're the champs of the West. That was uh, the best thing that's ever that's ever happened since I've been here. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. That's oh. big. It's pretty big winning championship, man. Because uh, playing football, you don't get a lot of chances to do that, man. And you know, you exactly. got a chance to do that this week. And I hope you enjoyed every last second of that one, man. And hopefully, there's more to yeah, come. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the uh, in the media that have uh, seemed to uh, not give you guys the respect that you seem to have deserved up until this point with an undefeated record. Right. Is that something in the locker room that you guys use as a bit of motivation? Is that something that's ever talked about, or are you guys just so focused on the next game that it doesn't even matter to you guys? 
I mean, for the most part, we're kind of just focusing on, on each week and whatnot. But whenever we get that chance to, to kind of think about it, and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say we don't talk about it because we do sometimes. And, uh, I mean, that, that definitely puts a, a chip on our shoulder because, I mean, just not getting the respect that, that, that we should have. And, um, I mean, the record speaks for itself. 11-0, a win's a win. College football changes on you any time. I mean, like Nebraska – beat Michigan State. Who would have mm-hmm. known that Nebraska would have beat Michigan State? Mm-hmm. There were so yep. many, uh, I think it was Citadel that beat South Carolina. Yes. Like, yep. Yep. Football, uh-huh. fo- football is really football, and sometimes people don't understand. So I- I'd say just, just a win's a win, and, and, and the, record, the record doesn't lie, honestly. So if you keep winning games, they really can't say anything about it. At one point in this season, did you look around and realize that this is a special season and it's one for history? Was there a specific win? Was there a time in the was there a time in the locker room when you kind of look around at the guys and going, you know, we actually have a shot at making history right now? If there's one specific moment you could think of, what would it be? Uh, I'd say um, tying, tying, like make, getting that ninth win and then and making and making history. Uh, and then uh, a, a big moment that really stuck out with me was um, two seconds left, and then we, we made like a almost a 50 yard field goal to beat Pitt. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, that 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 was a uh, something that really stuck out that that made me think we actually have a good team. Like playing the game to to, the, to that final second, and then getting those. Uh, Clinched wins and against against really good teams and and the teams that that like Wisconsin we they had a good we had a good game against Wisconsin and they only yeah. lost uh, I'm pretty they only lost to us in Alabama and they, they just recently lost to Northwestern we beat as well mm-hmm. so yeah. we're, just those quality wins definitely stand out because we're we're beating teams that are actually still ranked so it's, it's making us look pretty good as well. All right, Tavon man, appreciate you joining us. Uh, All right, man, no be- best of luck the rest of the year, man, and you know, stay focused, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Tavon, man. Appreciate it. Hey. Yeah, no problem. Tavon, one last yeah. thing. My uh, my girlfriend, yeah. my girlfriend's actually an Ohio State alumni. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she played for the soccer team, so I'm really? technically a Buckeyes fan. But interacting <laughs> with you today, you've made me a fan of Iowa football for at That's least big, at least until the end of the season when Ohio State has another chance at the playoffs. <laughs> They're done. Ohio State's done. Dude, I, I know. That's I what I mean, so. though. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, All right, man. Tamari, appreciate your time a lot, man. Really, really, really appreciate yeah, no it, problem. man. Stay healthy yeah. the rest of the year, man. We're rooting for you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Have a good one. All right, bro. Yep. See you guys. Hey, what's up? This is Tavon Smith, wide receiver from the Iowa Hawkeyes, and you're listening to COT Pass. All right, gentlemen, so uh, we have a little bit of uh, news in the baseball world right now. The Toronto Blue Jays making moves. Uh, Chris, tell us about it. So the Blue Jays traded Liam Hendricks, uh, relief pitcher starter, more so a relief pitcher than anything, to the Oakland Athletics for swingman Jesse Chavez, who they're kind of hoping is going to be like Marco Estrada a little bit, where he's going to be either a swingman or probably a starter, to be quite honest. But, yeah, so the trade was Hendricks for Chavez. What do you guys think about it? Well, first, can you explain what our, uh, to our audience what a swingman is? So basically a swingman is like a sixth pitcher in your starting rotation. Mm. So he can come in on days where you need somebody to either spot start yeah. or he's a guy that's a long relief pitcher for you where if things get out of hand in the second or third inning, right. he can come in and eat up the innings for you, whether it be four, five, six, however many you need to throw at the game. Right. So that's essentially what a swingman does is he can either swing games when they're bad mm-hmm. or he can be a sixth starter or he can kind of be a relief guy. He can swing it in whichever way you need. Got you. Well, I know a lot of people don't like the deal because, you know, every time you have a successful team, fans fall in love with, you know, every member of that team. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Blue Jays were wildly successful last year. And, 
and Liam Hendricks was a he played a part in it. You know, he was really effective out the bullpen coming in throwing what ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, really improved his fastball and allowed him to be really effective. So, you know, fans really remember that and, you know, they see how effective he is and they see that he had three years of control and, you know, we're letting him go for a guy and Jesse Chavez, but you know, I don't I don't I don't know. The, the, I don't think it was good, bad or he just I in think it's middle. just post AA. I yeah. mean, they could have traded for Bryce Harper. And they'd right. be like, "Well, we still yeah. don't have Anthopolis. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, looking at the trade, I mean, they lot. I mean, for right now, they don't have David Price. They don't have uh, Mark Burley, right? And that's what that's oh, that's four hundred innings. They they both pitched over two hundred innings each, right? Yeah. I mean, Burley was kind of short of that this week. Yeah, he just so year. short. So the they need somebody to eat up those innings and. You know, if they can't get any other starting pitchers, I'm thinking, you know, th- this might be a, a valuable trade down, the, like almost like a plan B, plan C type of thing. If you can't work any other deals, you'll have this in the back of your pocket kind of thing. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I like I like Hendricks. He was a good out the bullpen, but I'm, I hope they know what they're doing with this one. It's a bit of a gamble, but it's not really a humongous gamble in a sense, right? Like there's, um, you know, this is a contract year for the guy we picked up, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, we've got a guy that we're basically taking a bet on that's going to say, okay, well, he knows that he's uh, he's playing for a contract here. He's playing for his money, and he's going to show and prove and support and do everything he can to uh, have a great season and try and get another payday because you only get two or three of those in the Major League Baseball and any professional sports, really, for that matter. Uh, Liam, I mean, he was, to be perfectly honest, though, as nice of a guy I'm sure he is and as well as he performed in the playoffs, he's really a insert name here pitcher. You know, he's not going to be a be-all and end-all. Um, it remains to be seen. Who knows? I might eat my words one day about Liam Hendricks, but, you know, I'm not necessarily too sad to see him go. And uh, to, to both of your points, you know, it's it's a post-AA move, so now everything is going to be brought in question. Everything's going to be under a microscope here in Toronto. One yeah. thing a lot of people don't know about Jesse Chavez is uh, during his time in Oakland, their beat writer, and she's the president of Baseball Writers of America, Suzanne Slusser, she said how during the middle of the season, Josh Donaldson said he hoped that the Blue Jays got Jesse Chavez. Mm. And she also went on to say that Chavez has such a great eye for mechanics, uh, overall pitching, just his pedigree out there. And he's such a great teammate that a lot of the things he brings to the table go beyond just stepping on the rubber and mm. throwing from 60 feet, 6 inches. Mm. He brings things to the locker room that you can't really account for on or off the field. And that goes back to the, the thing what AA try to start to do was uh, to bring character guys into the locker room, right? You saw that with uh, with, with bringing Donaldson first. You know, he he was going beyond talent. He's like, I'm tired of getting just talented guys in here who, you know, are aren't the greatest in the locker room. That that yeah. stuff wears on teams during 162 games. Yeah. So if Jesse Chavez can come in here and be kind of like. A, a great locker room guy. I'm all for it. I mean, I'm really all for it because we've seen what what great locker room guys could do. This team, you know, really took a big step, and it was because of getting guys like that. Yeah, we're definitely going to see what happens moving forward. He is a ground ball pitcher too, right? So it's promising. He's got about 54% ground ball rate. That will actually play well in the Rogers Center when you look at it over a grand scheme of things. You don't really want a fly ball pitcher. I mean, Estrada's kind of the outlier of pitchers that succeed in the Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. So having a guy mm-hmm. like Chavez as well as a ground ball pitcher yeah. Could be beneficial. I mean, yeah. you got to play to the ballpark you're in. It's true. It's true. So moving on from a trade that might actually in the long run just be a speck in the dust of Toronto history. Uh, me and Chris were having this conversation a little bit earlier in the week, and um, he he brought up the idea of, of trades moving forward not long after we actually heard about this Toronto Blue Jays trade. And the idea of if you could have any 
trade in Toronto sports history taken back, what would it be? Toronto has got a miserable history, unfortunately, of letting go of great players in their prime. Um, and no organization has been uh, immune to it. So, gentlemen, if you guys had the opportunity to take back one trade in all of Toronto sports, what would it be? Well, there's a couple that I would kind of go towards. It's going to be with the Leafs. It's <laughs> it's a tumultuous past. I mean, you got Vesa Toskala, <laughs> Frederick Modine to Tampa for a bag of pucks. You got Larry Murphy to the Red Wings for cash considerations like we ever needed that. <laughs> Then you got Tuka Rask, also for a bag of pucks, a.k.a. Andrew Raycroft. Mm-mm. We have Lanny McDonald and Joel Quimville back in the 70s before I was even a speck <laughs> in the world for a bag of pucks. We got Russ Cortnell to the Canadians, also for a bag of pucks, and also before I was born. And then the one that really sticks out for a lot of Leaf fans of the past was when they traded a first-round pick back in 1991 to the New Jersey Devils, which ended up actually being Scott Niedermeyer. And I know a lot of old-time Leaf fans I talk to, I'll bring up trades like the Tukarask or even the Vesatoskala, and they'll tell me, son, the worst one of all time was in 91 when we gave the first pick to the Devils for Tom Curvers, and it ended up being Scott Niedermeyer. And then when we saw what Scott Niedermeyer became, that's the one that they would like to redo over. So I'll take the old-timer's word for it here, and I'll say that's one of the trades that we would most certainly do over in Leafland. But you know what? There's one thing, Chris will never be short of bags of pucks. That's good. I mean, they're used, they're fresh, they're new. Whatever which way they come, we can always use them, right? Yep. It's the one thing that always produces on the ice for us. Matei, <laughs> what you got? All right, my trade is pretty much the R.A. Dickey for Travis Darnold and Noah Syndergaard. Dickey's been good while he's been here, but he hasn't lived up to the hype that we got him for. We got him to be a Cy Young guy. He hasn't even, he hasn't even been close to that. He's been okay. He really picked up this year, and which was good, but we needed more from him in the beginning part of that trade. And that's kind of come back to bite us because we need some help in the rotation right now. Senegard is a guy that throws 100 miles an hour. He looks like Thor. He's got the look. He's got the arm. We could use someone like that. On the other hand, we also gave up a hot prospect named Travis Darnold, and he's a catcher. Obviously, we have Martin, but he's a catcher that – is a starting catcher in the league that hits over 300. Those are hard to come by. So I'm going to say we lost that trade severely, and if I could have one trade back, that'd be it. Ryan? Well, I, I think uh, my tr- the the trade that I that I picked as the, uh, the worst trade in Toronto history was giving up a guy who literally changed the face of an entire franchise for nothing more than to, quote Chris, literally, a bag of pucks. And that is none other than the Toronto Raptors, Vince Carter, mm. trading away Vince Carter for Eric Williams. Who? Aaron Williams. Who? Some draft pick. I can't remember what it was. Who? And Alonzo, I don't need to be in this city morning, <laughs> who promptly told the Raptors management that I will never suit up for you guys ever, ever, ever. And he was actually the centerpiece of the deal coming towards us. And we ended up sending him to Miami for, I don't know. I actually don't even know what we sent him for. All I know is that he got down there, and the only shred of joy that I ever got from watching that entire deal go down was watching Vince Carter do the original cock that back and bang on him on Alonzo Mourning later on that season when they were visiting Miami. So... I mean, you know, to give away the face of the franchise, the one guy who actually made the team relevant after seven years of, of, of crap 
basically uh, on the floor and uh, uh, up in management when it came to just failing to get together any kind of semblance of a, of a winning franchise or team. Um, you know, it hurt. And, and, you know, Vince gave this city an identity for the first time outside of baseball and outside of hockey. So, I mean, you know, to have a guy who was able to do everything that he did. And it really just came down to the fact that, you know, both sides were just too stubborn to admit it. And I'm happy that the Raptors faithful have kind of mended whatever issues they had with Vince, uh, especially last year when they were cheering for him when they got honored during the 20-year uh, anniversary. Um, but, yeah, that, I think that goes down as, as easily the worst trade in Toronto sports history. Yeah, it's, there's no competition. That's, that's easily be, the worst yeah. trade. Yeah, now that I think about it, that's number one, man. Well, I mean, the only sad part about that trade is we didn't trade Rob Babcock with him, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That was the worst part for us. Man, I hated Rob Babcock, man. He always had this look on his face like like he knew everything, and he knew more than you, and he was going to make the perfect trade. And I was so happy when he was gone, man. I can't believe he traded Vince for I thought he was an accountant. That's what he looked like, man. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. He, just, tra- he basically traded Vince for some Timbits. <laughs> <laughs> Timbits. No, Timbits and one giant useless stack of you-know-what in the form of Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> He's doing all right for himself, man. Yeah, he does pretty well. But at yeah. the time, Screw that guy. to literally tell Toronto to go shove it because I want to play in a major market, yeah. I hate well, to break it to you, is, though. I mean, yeah. Toronto's one of the four biggest cities in North America. Yeah, he wanted, even back then. He didn't want to be, yeah. be rebuilding, man. He he, Maybe he, he just was, didn't like customs. He, he was at the end of his <laughs> career. He was at the end of his career. And, like, when you're at the end of your career, the last thing you want to go to is a rebuilding team. You want to be on a contender. So I don't, I'm not too mad at Alonzo, but it's just it's the, it being a Raptors fan, it burned. Yeah. yeah. I think it was more the way he went about it. If he would have came here and said, look, guys, I don't want to play here, understandably so. Put right. yourself in my shoes. Right. Trade me out of Trade here. Trade me, wave me. Yeah, instead something. of saying, I'm not coming, right. I hate this place, blah, 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 blah. Just come here, kind of be a professional about it. And it was one of the few times in Zoe's career where he actually wasn't very professional about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Unfortunately, that was my introduction to him, so I've always had a sour taste in my mouth for him after. But, I mean, at the same time, I was a young kid at the time. I was angry. I still am most of the time, so (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) And to tell you, you think Dickie's, uh, it was that bad? I think it was horrible, man. Just just seeing what the, the prospects that we gave up, amounted to i mean most of the time when you make that those kind of trades you don't know what your prospects are going to be like you you have an idea but like it's so hit or miss sometimes but it's true i feel like just now seeing the result of those trades it's it's crazy thinking about having darno on our lineup even if he's not being a catcher maybe at first yeah. base yeah you know i was I mean? gonna say that maybe at first seeing center guard in our lineup man that would be Syndergaard, yeah, but imagine no. this year. Imagine this year having Price Strowman when he came back. Syndergaard, that would be nice. Who's your number four? Estrada. Who's yeah. your number five? Man, it probably would have been uh, maybe Hutchinson. Right. Sanchez. Honestly, we probably would have ran with four down the stretch. I'd I mean, even say hindsight is twenty twenty for sure. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, I felt like they they felt they had to make a big splash getting a Cy Young winner because they were getting all those players from Florida. It was like a big off season. You know what I mean? But. Man, I could have. I wish I could have that back. Maybe. You know, there's actually a, a trade that happened that I don't think any of us. I just thought of this right now, actually. Dwayne DiRosario for the TFC. They traded That's him away. That's honorable mention. That's, That's an honorable mention, absolutely, because the second that he asked for for a raise in his paycheck, yeah. because he loved the city, he loved being home. Scarborough guy. Yeah. Uh, he was the team's all-time leading scorer. Still is. Yeah. To this point. And, Wait, did uh, Pico didn't pass him? Uh, no. Close, no. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he could have close. in one season. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, no. And then MLSC just turned around and said, oh, no, you're not bigger than us. So long. 
See you later. Was that the end of his career, too? Like, did he play for No, he played another solid five, six years. He even won an MLS Cup with Washington, I believe it was. Uh, so he, wait, wait. he went on to a more lucrative career than TFC ever had in the rest of his playing career. He just retired, uh, what was it, a year or two years ago. Oh, I, was, I thought he came back after that, but, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, he did come back. He did come he back. He did come back, right? He came okay, back. That's he, what I was thinking. Yeah, he about. was able to kind of finish in yeah. TFC colors, but okay. the fact that he left, the way he left the first time was Because he was com- still kind of in his prime when he left the Oh, yeah, he was straight right? in his prime. Like, right. he was still a starter in the MLS, yeah. and... You know, when when he asked, like he now the way that he did it obviously was a little bit more. You know, he did it pretty brashly. Like he was going on the on the making the money Manzel sign out in the uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the pitch. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it was a shame to see him go. And I, it, it, it's hard to to think that a guy that was as professional as he's been in his career, much the same as Alonzo Mourning, um, to you know have that moment of weakness and just get frustrated with ownership. And you know, they just sent they just sent him packing. They'd rather they'd rather be a bad team. Then and this is something that I've always had a beef with, and I've made no bones about it in this in this show is that, you know, the the egos involved in management and sports is just you, you think the players are bad. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> there's like bad. no coming back if you disrespect the boss. Yeah, the players are nothing compared to the upper management, man. Yeah. Well, what about the Roy Holiday trade? Is that another honorable mention? That's Absolutely. A, that's an honorable mention. I mean, mention we for got sure. Trey Beck, Travis Denode, who we yeah. subsequently traded, and uh, outfielder Michael Taylor, who. Never really panned out either here in Toronto. Bro, I'm looking at that trade, and we literally have nobody left on that roster <clears> in that trade. And you, you look at it, Roy, Roy Halliday is a perennial Cy Young candidate. And to get nothing back, nothing at all, that you got to think about that. And that we got that a couple starts out of Dre Beck, but, I mean, yeah, he was never anything that – he showed glimpses of brilliance, and then he just couldn't stay healthy. Right. That, that's up there, man. Like, yeah, yep, it's to true. To get nothing, like not even a double <laughs> A player, you couldn't even get a double a or instructional <laughs> league player out of that. Oh my god, that's that's, that's just absolutely. Who made that trade? It well, actually, that's the one. That's thing the that's AA trade, about right? That. Yeah, because everybody thinks this is Richardi. That was Richardi's last year. Yeah, and then on his way out, Halliday, there was rumblings that he was going to be traded or yeah. the team was going to move on, and it was actually AA that was heavily involved in orchestrating that trade. Wow. So well, funny you, enough, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, one if of his mentors, Pat Gillick, decided right. to uh, pull yeah, the reins. Get, them. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that. You know, I mean, at the time, Drebeck was viewed as man. He was one of Baseball America's top prospects. He was. To know. He was. So, I mean, on paper, that was a pretty fair trade. And that's the thing I was talking about prospects earlier. Oh, you, you never, never know, know how yeah, it's going to pan know. out, right? Yeah. So, on one trade, we get we get totally fleeced by our the prospects we give up turning out to be great. And on the other hand, the process we get from the Roy Holiday trade end up being nothing, a bag of pucks, like as you would say. Yeah, Yeah. and then we'll have those trades with the Toronto Raptors that turn them all of a sudden into Atlantic Division champions. Yeah, Yeah, which I don't don't think they really anticipated that either. I think that was meant to be like, uh, okay, we'll just play. Addition by subtraction here. Yeah, exactly. Man, is Rudy Gay that bad that every team he leaves – Ends up doing better without him. Is he? That's that's <laughs> I mean, interesting. That's a topic for another day, though. It is. It is absolutely. All right. So, Nate, what time of the week is it? Studs. Yeah, you better believe it, baby. The greatest comeback of all time. And duds. No. Oh no. You lump your little head, man. I'm sick. I want to throw up. It is the time of the week where all three of us pick our personal studs and duds of the week. In the sporting world. So, we're going to kick this off because it is Nate's baby. Nate, as always, will lead it off. So, who do you have as your stud of the week? Thanks, Ryan. 
My stud of the week is Josh Donaldson. As you all know, our guy won AL MVP this season. And from the moment he joined our team, it looked like he was the MVP. Every time he came out to Blatt, every time he stepped on the field, he was making plays left, right, and center. And for that, he's my stud of the week. My dud of the week is none other than the woman in Tennessee who criticized Cam Newton for his celebratory actions. She, quote, she was quoted as saying, the pelvic thrust, the arrogant struts, and in-your-face taunting of both Tennessee players and fans. Well, I saw that celebration, and I didn't see any of that. She claims that her nine-year-old daughter was offended. I couldn't see how she could be offended by a mere dance move. Ken Newton spends all his week trying to evade defenders and, and make his team proud by scoring touchdowns. And a little dancing never hurt anybody. So for that, this week... My dud of the week is this Tennessee woman who claims Ken Newton is a bad role model for celebrating his touchdowns. I wanted to find out if this lady's white or not. It says Tennessee woman. It didn't say, say her race. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't want to make any assumptions, but... Uh, I don't either, but it's like... Uh, anybody, <laughs> writing a, uh, anybody writing a uh, nine-page essay <laughs> to Ken Newton is... I don't know who has the time for that, but... Clearly she does. <laughs> I don't know. At the same time, she could be spending that time better explaining to her kid uh, why the cheerleaders on the sidelines that she directed her daughter's attention to, uh, why why her skirts, why the skirts are so short, and why there's such a heavy uh, base of sex appeal <laughs> in the game. But you know what? No, but that that pelvic thrust. Oh my God, that was that pelvic thrust that, that did happen. it. Right, that, I, I will not stand for such a thing. Yeah, it's probably the same woman that lets her uh, her, her kid watch BET <laughs> or MTV, which were way, way worse, way worse stuff. It's terrible. Yeah, terrible. Right, so that's my stud and does of the week. Josh Donaldson and this Tennessee woman. Okay, Chris. Uh, my stud this week is Luis Scola. He averaged 70.6 points and hey. six boards over the last week, helping the Raptors to a 2-1 record. The lone downside of his game this past week was he was minus 19 plus minus. Yeah, he which was. is Yeah, it was kind of weird considering how well he played. I guess if you want to go off the eye test. Right. But uh, overall, the Raptors were 2-1, and Scola was a big part of that three-game stretch, and now they're coming back home. So he was definitely a huge part, and he's my stud of the week. Uh, my dud was definitely Urban Meyer, his usage of Zeke, <laughs> which he decided to go on a little tangent on after the game right. and declare that he's not coming back next season. Um, to drop the ball the way they did in what was virtually their game of the year, and to be quite honest, the only game they've had this year, was puzzling, especially for somebody of Urban Meyer's stature and the way he calls games. And he's got a notorious reputation for literally dropping the hammer on teams in big moments, and this was the first time he hasn't really done it. Uh, yeah, Urban Meyer's my dud of the week. Brian, who you got? All right. <clears throat> well, I got uh, as my stud of the week is a guy who, um, by virtue of the team he plays for, he, you know, he made a lot of history this week for our very own TFC, and that is Sebastian Jovinko. Uh, he just recently picked up the. Uh, he was named the 2015 MLS Newcomer of the Year, uh, and on his way to doing that, he actually set an MLS record uh, for most points, which is a combination of goals and assists. Uh, he finished with, I believe it was 38. Yes, he finished with 38 points, so 22 goals and 16 assists, uh, breaking the previous record of 34 back in 2012. Um, he's also, off of just one season, made second all-time on the TFC goals list. So it goes to show you just how 
great of a season it was, and also at the same time how futile TFC has been in the last eight years. On top of everything else, he also, above all else for the fans, led TFC to their first ever playoff game, despite getting spanked by Montreal. <laughs> Some things never change in Toronto, but... He managed to uh, he managed to bring them to the to their first ever playoff appearance ever, and that's that's a big shout out to him. So he's my stud of the week, definitely. Um, my my dud, my dud of the week goes to a guy who slighted possibly the nicest NBA player in the entire league right now, and a former Toronto Raptor. And I will not stand for anyone besmirching the good name of Jose Calderon. And that goes for my personal dud of the week, and I think he's he's the dud of the league this week. Is this fan who decided that he was going to go in an attempt. He was definitely an Oklahoma City fan as the Knicks were playing in Oklahoma City. And as Jose Calderon was walking off the court doing what he always does. Shaking the fans of hands and giving them daps. And you know just showing love and respect like he always does. And like he always did in Toronto. This fan decides to try and go and give him a dap. And he has one of his buddies I think. Or maybe just someone who just happened to be in the background videotaping this. And right as Jose Calderon was about to go give this guy a dap. The guy pulls it right back and just puts it over his head and just says, gives him the deuce sign. Calderon looks at him, understandably frustrated, saying, why would you do something like that? And the guy, being a total jerkwad, decides to look back at him and just says, eh, whatever, I don't care. So to do that, I can understand you doing that to Boogie Cousins. I can understand you doing that to a guy like, I don't know, Harrison Barnes or Metal World Peace, guys who have a reputation of being jerks. But to do it to the nicest guy in the league? You're a freaking stiff, man. You're, you're trash. That's my dud of the week. You sound like you're a serious disgust for that guy. I don't like him. If I see him, yeah. I'm going to do the same thing to him. <laughs> Man, I saw the video of it. He was really, like, he was really, he sold that. He was so proud of himself. He, no, no, he sold, he sold the fact that he was going to give him a high five. Yep. Like, he looked Jose dead in the eyes, like, Hey, buddy, here's the high five. And nope. Nope. The last second, he pulled away. And he was so happy he got Jose. Oh, my God. And Jose had no choice but to turn around and ask him why. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny, man. That's, oh a, good, that's a good one. Yeah. And, Matei, that was our Duds and Duds of the Week. And with that, uh, we'd like to thank, uh, as always, uh, our guests for coming on the show, including uh, Tavon Smith. He uh, just absolutely fantastic season for those guys. Who would have thought, honestly, guys, who would have thought that he, uh, he, along with the rest of Iowa, have been able to make history the way that they have in the college football ranks this year? Yeah, it's it's really impressive, and it's always interesting, man. I love when guys from Toronto, they they go down south and they're successful, and you know they come back and they they, they talk to us and they they tell they were really well spoken and and represent us really well and that's that's the best thing about it, the, this whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it was cool to hear from him. And I mean, they got two games left to go in the season. It'll be interesting to see how they finish because it's not going to be easy. But yeah, it, it will Nebraska's be a lot no of fun cookie. to watch. Yeah, especially in Nebraska, that'll right. be a very tough game. So yeah, definitely, we'd like to thank Tavon Smith for coming on the show this week and uh, Nate. Yeah, and if you see any young athletes out there balling, doing their things, whether it be overseas, in the States, or even in our own backyard, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. You know, Let's give them a shout-out and, and get their name out there. We love doing that over here at TOT. And with that, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, taking the time to listen to us this week. My name's Ryan Greco. That's Chris O'Kranitz. That is Natea Jay. 
Be sure to hit us up on Twitter. You can reach me at Ryan Greco 416. You can reach Chris O'Kranitz at Chris O'Kranitz. And of course, you can reach Natea J at Tay11 underscore. That's T E Y 11 underscore. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. And all of you have a fantastic week. And uh, we will see you next time. And happy Thanksgiving to the people down in the States. Here, here. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.